Let us pray. God of us all, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them and take our hearts and set them on fire for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Uh, in his words to the church, Paul includes the admonition, give thanks to God in all things. So when I was a kid, I was a uh, somewhat picky eater. I think my mother would say I was a very uh, picky eater. And so on Thanksgiving, we would always gather with our extended family. There'd be aunts and uncles and cousins and grandmas and grandpas, and there would be a lot of food on the table. But on my plate, the only foods were all some shade of beige. <laughs> There'd be turkey, but white meat only. There'd be potatoes, gravy, so a little brown. There'd be corn, so a little yellow, a roll, and then Thanksgiving uh, uh, pumpkin pie with a bunch of whipped cream. There would be no dressing because it was established fact among my circle of friends that dressing was where mothers tried to hide vegetables that we did not want to eat. <laughs> and there was no cranberry sauce either because on the table, cranberry sauce always held the exact shape of the can from which it had been extruded. And even at that age, I was not convinced that it, that had ever actually been food. So none of that either. I was, a, I was a little bit of a picky eater. So I resonated very much with the story that uh, I heard a mother tell once about her son. This is a true story. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but this is a true story. Family had gathered for dinner. It wasn't Thanksgiving. It was just a weeknight dinner. And it was this boy's turn to say the family uh, prayer before the meal. And on the table that night was uh, veggie kebabs and green beans and quinoa salad. And he took a long look at that meal and then he bowed his head and he prayed, Dear God, thank you for the potatoes and the other veggies I like, but not the ones I don't like. Amen. Uh, there you go. I like the way that kid prayed. There are things I like and things I don't like as well. There are a lot of things for us to be grateful for. Uh, the potatoes and the veggies that we like. Right? On Thursday, we're going to gather Many of us with family and friends around heavy laden tables, and there are a lot of things that we readily and rightly give thanks for, for health, for homes, uh, for the food that sustains us, uh, for the beauty that surrounds us here, particularly in the Pacific Northwest. But there are other things for which it is harder to find reasons for gratitude. Uh, Thanksgiving, I'm still like that boy. At this point, I like dressing. I'll even take cranberry sauce. But beets? No, thank you. I do not like beets. So if you brought a beet salad for the potluck today, don't take it personally, but I'm not touching that stuff. Uh, there are other things it's harder to be grateful for. I had a, I had a furnace guy come in a, a few weeks ago to tune up our furnace for the winter, and he opened the panel, and he looked inside, and he just shook his head like, I cannot believe this thing is still working for you. So our furnace is on the last leg. We're going to have to buy a new heat pump. My first reaction, my first response was not gratitude. There are other things that are harder, too. I mean, life can be difficult. Things don't always work out the way we want. Uh, sometimes we lose something that we love, a job uh, or a dream or, or someone we love, a friend or a parent. Uh, certainly reading the news these days, whether it's news from Gaza or from Ukraine or from Washington, D.C., or news right here in Portland, uh, I often feel anger or helplessness, or despair, uh, or cynicism, but often it's harder for me to find reasons for gratitude. There are a lot of things to be thankful for, 
things it's harder to be thankful for. And then there are things, despite what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, there are things I don't think we should be thankful for. What I mean is that many of us here, maybe most of us here, have so much. I mean, food and clothes and houses and cars and screens of every shape and size. We have power tools. We have mutual funds. We have bikes and skis and golf clubs and sewing machines and the time uh, to put them to good use. I no longer believe that all of that comes from God. I no longer believe that everything that I have, everything that we have is a blessing from God given particularly to me or to us. I'm pretty sure that I'm wealthy in large part because I live in a wealthy country, a country that's rich with natural resources and into which the resources of many other countries have flowed for a long time. I have a lot of things because I'm part of an economic system, a political system, a social system that lets me live well, often at the expense of others. So this week on Thursday, fourth Thursday of November, NAIA, the Native American Youth and Family Center, a group that we are learning to know uh, through our developing practice of paying reparations, NAIA is holding a unthanksgiving event on Thursday. There's an announcement in the bulletin. This year they've expanded it to three days. It's a day for them and for us in solidarity with them to remember and to mourn the genocide that their tribes experienced. There are things it's easy to be thankful for, things it's harder to be thankful for, and there are some things I don't think we should give thanks for, all of which beg the question, what are we doing when we give thanks? And uh, this time of year with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday seems like a good chance for us to think, sort of sort out, not only what we're grateful for or not grateful for, but, but more deeply, what does it mean to give thanks? So we heard earlier Paul uh, in the, in the um, First Nations version writing, give thanks to the great spirit in all things. And, and when we hear that, most of us, I'm sure, instinctively push back, right? For all things? Really? Paul? All things? The thing is, I'm pretty sure his first readers uh, pushed back too. Paul had founded the church in Thessalonica, and then he had to flee the city to save his life. And the ones who remained uh, faced social pressure, they faced ostracism, they faced outright, at times, outright persecution. I bet they felt things other than gratitude. I bet they were tempted to feel despairing in all things, perhaps fearful in all things. But Paul writes to them, and he writes to the church still, be, give thanks in all things. So what, what can that mean? Well, our reading from the Psalms today is helpful. Earlier we heard uh, Psalm 65, and in my Bible that Psalm is titled, Thanksgiving for Earth's Bounty. But the thing is, it begins with a confession. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us. Thanksgiving and confession. It turns out that in um, the language of the Psalms, in the Hebrew language, the word for thanks comes from the root meaning to confess. To give thanks, to confess. They both come from the same word. Those seem like two different actions. Seems like they should have their own words but they don't. What they have in common is that both of them are statements of faith. Both thanksgiving and confession 
recognize that we are not autonomous. We are not independent. We are not on our own. Both of those words recognize that it is God who creates us and God who sustains us with gifts of grace and gifts of goodness. And you can hear both of them in this psalm. We didn't print it, so let me read again. Um, this is verse 3 and 4 near the start of the psalm. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. And then seamlessly transi transitions from that confession uh, to a song of thanksgiving. So starting at verse 9, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you've prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, showering it with, uh, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. For the psalmist, both of those go together. Thanksgiving, like confession, is a deeply meaningful statement of faith, a statement about who we are, about where we come from, how we understand ourselves in relationship to God, how we understand ourselves as part of God's creation. To give thanks connects us to the great giver, connects us to God's gifts of sustenance and mercy and healing and loving kindness. Whether life is good, whether life is difficult, we are not alone. God is with us. To give thanks connects us to the great giver, and it connects us to all for whom the gifts of life have been given. Remember in the Old Testament, the prophets often spoke of their vision of shalom, of God's holy, just peace, of the time when everyone would have what they need to thrive. Everyone will sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. And then in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, the beloved community where everyone's welcomed. Everyone has enough. Everyone belongs. That's God's intention for each of us, for all of us, for all of creation. To give thanks connects us, connects us to God, the great giver, and to the world that God is still creating. Conversely, when we don't give thanks, when we get busy or we get forgetful or, or just sort of take things for granted, or when a day like Thanksgiving becomes a celebration of, of, of all the things we've bought and all the things this country has fought for, then it's easy to imagine that we've earned or we deserve everything we've got. It's easy to lose sight of God. It's easy to lose sight of any common sense of purpose or responsibility for each other. And it's easy to start being, to be motivated mostly by our fears. That's the reason that we give thanks, and not just on the fourth Thursday of November, but every Sunday in our worship and every day in our prayers. We give thanks because it connects us to God the great giver, and it connects us to all the others for whom God's gifts have been given. So, on Thursday, every day, we have a lot to be thankful for. For the people in our lives who love us, who care for us, who challenge us, who support us, who sometimes just sit quietly with us. We give thanks for the gifts of life that sustain us. Um, even the ones we don't particularly like, I'm sure beets and eggplant are good for something. We give thanks for all the moments in our lives of grace and healing and forgiveness, the moments of beauty and wonder and joy. 
There are other things it is harder to be thankful for. But it's important to notice that in 1 Thessalonians, Paul doesn't write, be thankful for all things. He writes, be thankful in all things. Be thankful to God in all things. Paul isn't asking us to be glad for difficulty or loss or pain or grief or disappointment, but to trust that wherever we find ourselves, we are not alone. Even in the darkest valley, God is with us. So when Paul teaches us, when Paul writes to be thankful in all things, he's teaching us to be attentive, to watch, to look for the gifts of God, even in the hardest moments of life, to look for kindness and compassion and courage, to look for people who are doing justice, people who are merciful, peacemakers, and to give thanks. And finally, Thanksgiving requires us to act out our faith. The gifts of God have been given for all of us, and some of us have all we need and much, much more. And many, many people don't have what they need to thrive, let alone to survive. So how will we share what we have so that there is more, more kindness, more compassion, more mercy, more justice? And what will we do to challenge the policies and to change the systems that privilege and protect some of us at the expense of others. Thanksgiving is a confession that we are connected to God and everyone and everything with whom uh, these good gifts have, to whom these good gifts have been given. And so on Thursday and today and every day, let us give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.